oh, hello there. We uh, we don't usually do this, but honestly, this has been the most successful month in the show's history with the amount of downloads that we have. As of right now, we have over 7,000 downloads this month, and as a thank you to you guys out there, we wanted to give you um, a little taste of the Patreon and what you can check out over there at uh, patreon.com forward slash Podcast. For $5 a month, you can get access to all of our episodes that we have there, including this one that we're about to throw up here for you, just as a little treat, as a as a thank you for um, for making this the best month that we've had so far of the almost six years we've been doing this. And I'll tell you what, if we can do the same thing next month, if we can break 6,500 downloads, I think, we'll, we'll throw up another Patreon just to see... If it's anything that you guys are interested in, but I've got a pretty good one lined up for you here. Don't tell Kevin he's not here. This is a, a surprise. I didn't even know I was doing this until I started doing it. So shh, just enjoy. Just let it happen. You're going to like it. And I heard many years ago, or so the legend says, St. Patrick roamed hills and lands, drive the snakes away. But now we have another saint, that's bad news for the crown. His name is One Shot Paddy, and it's Brits that he will hound. Brits are getting worried about all underground. If One Shot Paddy sees them, they know they're going down. So the next time that you see the Brits with the faces full of fright, watch out for One Shot Paddy, or his friend called him and right. What's going on, Patreon? Ah, um, uh, we're back. Uh-huh. At, this, at this point in time, you've heard a little, a little something special because I didn't put our regular music in there. I put something in special for the occasion, which I'm not going to name because it'll give it away for Kevin. But you've already heard it because you paid us five dollars to hear it. Well, I'm not going to fucking hear it. So. I know. I know. But <laughs> this week, <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> this week we're going to tell the story about how a man Jim Jeb. No, no. Oh, about how a couple shit. of American-made rifles changed the tide of a conflict overseas. It's kind of like that movie, old ba- like Homeward Bound, but without the dogs, but and with more fifty-caliber machine, like not machine guns, but fifty-caliber sniper rifles. Okay. Uh, specifically, Barretts. Uh, so the sniping campaign started when one of the OG provisional IRA leaders, Sean Mac. You gotta love these fucking Gaelic names, buddy. I'm gonna spell this out for you, and I want you to tell me how you would pronounce it in English. Okay? Hold on. Got your pen? Yep. Okay. S T I O F A I N. Tell me how you'd pronounce that in English. S T I O F A I N. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go with Stofane. Ah, oh, you're so close. It's Stefan. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. the other word's silent. Yeah, you're 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 closer than I expected you to be because I'm I'm looking at this guy's name and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Then I found a thing to translate it and I'm like, ah, gotta love the Irish. Okay, okay. Crazy so the, spellings of shit. All right, I was thinking maybe the uh, uh, O was silent, but I wasn't yeah. sure. So it's a Sean Mac Stefan is the guy's name. Um, and he wrote a book called Memoirs of a Revolutionary. He was a huge fan of the idea of sniper work to, you know, get your point across. Um, not just as a, an effective form of removing an important target, 
Uh, but also, you, you put the fear of God in your enemy. When you can blow somebody up with a round from that far away and they don't know where it came from, <coughs> that'll, that'll, you know. True. It puts a little fucking tickle in your pickle. Yeah. You know, the, the pucker factor goes very high. Yeah. Um, so the worst year for the Brits when it came to sniping and stuff like that was 1972. And this was mostly in retaliation for Bloody Sunday, which, sorry, Patreon, that'll probably again end up getting its own episode on the main storyline because I intend on doing more IRA shit as we go <sighs> because it's fascinating to me. Um, I know that a lot of people overseas would be like, well, why do you guys, wh- why do you look at it so positively? Because as an American with stuff like this, we had a lot in common with the Irish where the English came in and told us how to do things mm-hmm. and we didn't like it. And I wondered why they would have the same outcome because a lot of Irish people moved here when everything started crazy, you know, I don't know. um, I don't know. but yeah, and I'm not saying that they're good guys. I'm saying I get it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I do. So here's the thing. You're, you're probably wondering where the hell the IRA got hold of all of these guns that they were using. Because Great Britain as a whole has got very strict gun laws. And you can't just import guns into a country that's fighting a civil war or also fighting their overseers. You know what I mean? I know where they got them. Well, they, they got them from all over the place, Man. turns out. Um During the 80s, they got a shitload of small arms from their new friend, everybody's friend, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Um, Everything from Soviet hand grenades, like the RGB, RGDB5 or whatever they are, they're kind of a shitty little hand grenade. They, you know, Mm -hmm. look like they made out of old car parts because they probably were. Um, Everything from those to RPGs to the always reliable and dependable hasn't been changed in this many years because it doesn't need to be. Because it's the perfect design for a firearm, the AK-47. Um, at one point in time, he even sent them a bonus present. A container of about 60,000 pounds of Semtex plastic explosives. Ooh. Yeah. If you've ever listened to any pro IRA song and they don't mention fucking Semtex in it, they're going to in their next one. Because it's in every goddamn song. Okay. Um, so it, it's kind of a damn good thing for the... Uh, for the IRA that they had this new pipeline because in 1982 their connection in America dried up when uh, can't make this up man George Harrison that George Harrison from the Beatles got arrested it's not the same guy Uh, I just thought it was funny I was like that motherfucker I always knew it it's like Lennon's a pussy John Lennon's a pussy I'm gonna help I'm gonna help the boys uh So he gets busted by the FBI for shipping weapons and ammunition to the IRA. Uh Uh-huh. No great loss, though, because most of the rifles that he's sending from the States back to Ireland were uh, AR-18s, which is like the AR-15's retarded cousin. Um, If you look it up, it is just, it's not a good weapon. They're not great. Uh, Go on over to YouTube, look up Brandon Herrera. And you'll find an episode that he did on his show of the AR-18. It is abysmal. Uh, Think of an AR-15, but made with way more plastic and a lot thinner. Okay. Yeah. It's almost... You remember when you were a kid, you'd go into, like, 
I don't know, like Ben Franklin or some shit like that. And they'd have like the M16, like the commando thing. And it was like fucking three inches wide, the whole gun. That's an AR-18. They're, they're, they're shit. Okay. They're crap. Okay. Um, the IRA put them to good use, though. They did a lot of work with them. Doesn't make them any good, though. I mean, if it's fire once, get rid of, that's good enough for them. It, It's not even that. It was It was something where you could open fire on a checkpoint somewhere and then chuck the son of a bitch in the river and not feel bad. Yeah. It was like a high point. Like okay. you commit a crime, get rid of it. Who gives a shit? It was a hundred bucks. Okay. You know? Um, so in 1985, the guy who, I mean, he was not even remotely Irish, uh, Martin Quigley. Um, he probably should have been down under at this point, but he yeah. wasn't. He arrives in America to study computing at uh, Lehigh university in Pennsylvania which when I was in high school had a fucking ridiculous wrestling team. Also a lot of, a lot of big name, like amateur wrestlers came out of there. Uh, Can't name any of them, but a lot of them did. I think Kurt Angle went there actually. I think it would have been after that though, because he was already addicted to pain pills when I was in high school. So he won an Olympic gold medal in 1996 with a broken fricking neck. True. Okay. Part of the reasoning that he was here was to learn how to build and run electronics for business reasons. They also would potentially work to you know mess with British recon and countermeasure programming and stuff like that. Coincidentally, just I mean, not done intentionally. Nope. You know, for sure. The, his other reasoning was he came here to make friends. You know, he's Irish guy. There's a lot of a lot of Irish American guys here. Getting to Pennsylvania, you still got a bunch there. Lehigh's over in the eastern county, at least eastern half of it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of Irish American folks there. Of course. Um, but he made friends with the kind of people I would like to make friends with, like people that are like, "Hey, I can get you a buttload of guns." Um, and it uh, turns out that uh, most people agree that his first big score would be shipping a uh, an oil barrel back to Ireland with a false top on it, where it came down about six to eight inches and it was filled with oil and then set into the top of the tank so that customs, they open it up and you look in and you go, Oh, Hey, that's, that's oil. You don't take that out and go, Hey, there's a gun underneath it. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they got that idea from for sons of anarchy where they were shipping guns to the IRA the same fucking way. Yeah. Because you don't just make that shit up for a TV show. It actually happened, but they weren't shipping AKs back. He was shipping uh fucking uh, Barrett M82. Uh, 50 caliber rifle. Um, if you've ever looked up 50 caliber sniper rifle, the Barrett M82 is pretty much the first one that comes up. You know, yeah. um, if you were to, if you were to sit somebody down and go draw me a 50 caliber rifle from a movie, it's that one. Um, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean... So if you don't know what it is, Google it. Then also Google 50 caliber wound and make sure your safe search is off for maximum effect. There's not really much of a wound. Oh, buddy. I've seen some. I mean... If you're not hitting them at like a mile away, it, if you're hitting somebody at a semi-close distance, like, you know, one to 500 yards, it will split them in half. That's why I said it's not so much a wound. as It's more of like a, it could be a, a poof. Right. Well, it's not even a sniper rifle. It's an anti-material rifle. It's meant to kill trucks. And we're like, nah, fuck them dudes yeah. yeah i mean when you get shot with something the diameter of most people's thumbs at 
13,000 feet per second or whatever the fuck it is. Say, it hurts. That's why they go, boom, pink mist. They, I don't think there's even pink mist. That's just you have been deleted from society. <laughs> the guy, as a, I was watching a thing, a sniper, he, uh, I'm watching this position and there's, uh, he had a Barrett and uh, he had, I don't know, somebody was doing something or whatever and he's like, I had to take the shot. He goes, boop, pulled the trigger, shot. He goes, next thing I know, I look behind, and I just saw pink. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, it was just a poop. My favorite Barrett fifty caliber story comes from, I believe it was when we first invaded Iraq. Um, there was a guy that was having some feeding issues while well, he was trying to shoot, and it wouldn't do anything. Um called higher ups to see if he could get another rifle. Nobody bring him out one. So he, on his fucking personal phone, Googled Barrett's customer service, told them who he was, where he was and what he needed to fix. They walked him through it on the phone. <laughs> that is goddamn service, sir. That is. Yes. Um, so our old buddy Quigley here, he gets busted in 1989 for get this smuggling electronics into Ireland. Oh, not even the fucking guns and ammo. They had no idea about that yet. They had no idea that he's already shipped a 50 caliber rifle to the IRA. Uh-huh. They're just like, oh, he's shipping electronics over there. He's probably, and they kind of like connected the dots and like he's got some connections with, with the Republicans there. And we're not a big fan of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The Republicans from the state of Ireland might be my favorite ones. <laughs> there was a thing I saw a while ago. It was, uh, uh, I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican too. Great. What state are you from? Ireland. And the next picture down is like, the fucking like goofy meme thing with a, a balaclava and an M16. I was like, I love this. I fucking love it. Um, so in August of 1986, another M82 was shipped in pieces from Chicago to Dublin and then assembled. Within six months of the ceasefire, an additional two Bar- uh, Barrett M90s have been shipped. You know, they've, they've, hold on, have been shipped. They've legally immigrated to Ireland. They filled ah. out the paperwork and they've assimilated into society. Uh, I think it's more like illegal immigration. They didn't have to cross a river. Uh, they crossed an ocean. Yeah. Whatever. Technicalities. I, mean, I know. Um, I know. I mean, they were in a fucking VW bug, probably, maybe, possibly. And they I made it know. into a fucking raft. And <laughs> Cubans. That's Cubans. That's Cubans. That's Cubans. Oh. Um, Whoops. <laughs> So, because I'm a, I'm a gun dork, um, the M90 is basically the bull-pupped version of the M82. So, it's just a, a bit shorter. Um, oh, same, yeah? Same general, assembly, same general idea. It's just like 12 inches shorter. Huh. Which cuts down a substantial amount of weight. Especially when you have to figure the recoil of that is so powerful that they can't just have it go into the stock because it'll blow your shoulder out of socket. The barrel itself actually recoils with it. Um, kind of like the old artillery pieces where they would recoil, uh-huh. like the whole barrel would recoil. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. the The science behind those rifles is weird. Yeah, but it's cool. Um, my personal favorite Barrett variant. I can't remember the name of it. Um, they have a shoulder fired one that was meant as an anti aircraft rifle. So you'd pick it up like a rocket launcher and has a, a, a saddle that sits down over the front of your shoulder with a, a post at the front and the trigger is right behind it. So it's almost <laughs> like an RPG, but it's a 50 caliber semi-automatic oh. rifle. Okay. It's fucking crazy. I've seen somebody get <coughs> scoped by one of those. It's fucking crazy. 
I saw somebody get scoped by a Barrett. And oh, Jesus, get scoped tagged by one? Yeah. Oh, God, it'll crack your head in half. Oh, it was Fuck. Bad. It was like, there was blood and uh, uh, it was a broken nose oh, and yeah. more. Because they were like, poo! I was like, oh, that had to hurt. I scope tagged myself with a 243 and I thought I broke my eye socket. Yeah. There's a little bit more recoil there. I mean, I, I accidentally scoped myself with a, my grandfather's 270. 270, but 243, it's about. I was, you know, little, I was a little too close and I yeah. fucking went, I'm like, ow. Yeah. Um, you want to see what, a, what one of those can do if you, you you fuck up with it? Go find Kentucky Ballistics, the, uh, the episode he did on his YouTube channel where his exploded when he shot it and it fired the bolt back into his shoulder. Yeah, I saw that. And he had to, he, he now sells shirts that say stick a thumb in it because he had to jam his thumb yeah. into his neck to keep the bleeding down so yep. his dad could drive him to the hospital. Yep. Fucking I scary. I remember that. I Oof. saw that. I was like, oh. God damn. But I mean, yeah. I, then I, he re-fucking built it. <laughs> the same rifle. He's like, fuck that. I'm rebuilding this piece of shit and shooting it. Hey. Whatever, yeah. Whatever whatever floats your fucking boat, bud. Um, so in August 1986, we've already said that these other two have become citizens. Um, I didn't say citizens. <laughs> I said they were immigrants. They were... Illegal immigrants. Barrett is an Irish name. They're going home to help the cause. All right, fine. Just like German people here went back to fucking Germany during World War II. All right, fine. You know, fine. Except it's just a better accent. Fine. It's a less aggressive accent. Let's put it that way. Okay, I agree. Um, so a main figure in the IRA, um, he had a, he had some pretty interesting things to say about the Barrett. Quote, "What? I'm not even going to try the accent. I thought about it last night. I was like, I should do the accent, but I'm not going to. Um, what's special about the Barrett is the huge kinetic energy. The bullets can just walk through a flak jacket. South Armagh was a prime place to use such weapons because of the availability of Brits. Ah. That's the nicest way I've ever heard anybody say, because it was a target-rich environment. Uh-huh. It's like, we don't even know. We got so many British guys, we don't even know what to do. We're going, we're liquidating. It's clearance. <laughs> you know? Fuck The it. sales are crazy. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, it's like shooting ducks yeah. on a pond. <laughs> it's like shooting fucking Brits in a barrel. Uh, <laughs> He finishes off by saying they came to dread it and that uh, and that was part of its effectiveness. And it fucking absolutely is. That's what makes snipers effective. Anytime I terrifying. Think, anytime I think of shooting ducks, I always think of duck hunt and that fucking dog. Did you know if you plugged a controller into the second port and gave it to somebody, they controlled the ducks? Yep. They could control the flight path of the, flight path of the duck. I thought you were going to tell me that we could shoot the fucking dog. No. I hate that fucking dog, though. Because that dog could fucking die. Every time it goes, I want to be like, boom! Cocksucker. <laughs> so now we're going to get into... I guess how old we are. <laughs> we're old. Now we're going to get into the sniper teams that made South Armagh County in Scotland, Ireland. No, Scotland. Scotland. Um, that made, uh, whatever. That they made hit, South they... Armagh literally a nightmare, like hell on earth for British troops. Ah, so you gotta kind of have to keep in mind this is kind of a dread pirate Roberts situation, okay? Because there's never there's not one specific sniper. There's always teams. There's different teams of guys. There's a few that come up that have like nicknames that are fucking ridiculous. Uh, there's one uh, that was referred to as the Terminator. Uh, there's the Surgeon, and then you have my personal favorite one shot, um, who was uh, Frank McCabe. Um, but they the teams were always set at four. So you have four shooters, four people that would have been in the 
the, the shooting blind or whatever, basically. Um, but that doesn't count people that are doing like supply activities, scouting, uh, drop off, pickup, stuff like that. But when they went out to do this, it was four dudes. Uh-huh. Um, and they were shooting from everywhere from finding hills out in the, out in the side of the, you know, out in the side country to, uh, breaking into buildings to get onto roofs or up into high floors and stuff like that, uh, to mobile platforms, which I think, I think I put one of those in here about that. Um, so again, one of the guys that was in charge of the, the, I'm going to butcher the names here, Colihanna unit, uh, which, which patrolled the Western part of South Armagh was Frank one shot McCabe, who was a senior member from, uh, cross McGlenn and, uh, Cross McGlenn was basically the epicenter of where it would suck to be English in the nineties. If there was a hell specifically for the, for British paratroopers, this is the innermost circle because they got fucked in Cross McGlenn a lot, big time. Um, So one of the first shootings came at a checkpoint near Newry, which uh, where uh, constable Brian Woods was killed. Um, the shooter was never fully identified, but most of the people in the IRA that were captured or were in the know that would eventually spill the beans only referred to him as the surgeon. Um, and this wasn't an officially sanctioned hit by the IRA, which was all right, I guess, because their first eight missions that they actually set up ended in missed shots between 1990 and 1992. So the more we do IRA stuff, the more we're going to come to realize that they were aggressive and they planned things. Well, they didn't always execute shit the best. Um, like the one that you covered with the, the bombing there. Not great. Not great. You know, eh, not great. I mean, you know, and I don't want to say that I don't want to sound like a cop and say alcohol was a factor. It may have been a factor in some of them, you know, uh, there, there are certain stereotypes that exist for a reason. Um, so the first time one of the Barretts was used was at a checkpoint being controlled by men of the British light infantry, um, which was on, uh, on Castle Blaney road where Lance corporal, uh, I'm sorry, Lance corporal Hartshorn. Um, is potentially the luckiest man to have ever been born. And I say that because a 290 grain, 50 caliber round ripped through his helmet and somehow divine intervention, the grace of God, whatever you want to fucking call it. When it hit his helmet, it deflected slightly and just dug a furrow through his scalp. Didn't kill him. Uh, He was hospitalized, stitched up, but he was alive and he was, probably diagnosed with the worst headache that has ever existed. Um, probably. So when you figure the one that everybody's fucking terrified of, you know, the, the, the AR 15, that's a 55 grain round. Yeah. This is a 290 grain round. This is roughly the diameter of your pinky traveling way goddamn fast. Uh huh. And I mean, we've seen pictures of what they'll do. Not, not, not great. Um, so February 25th, 1993, Constable John Reed is killed by a 7.62 round, which is a 308. Um, most likely fired from uh, from either a Heckler & Coke PSG-1, 
which is a bucket list gun for me because of Metal Gear Solid, um, or a acquired FN FAL, which is also a fucking fantastic rifle. You're making my heart skip a beat. If you need to know how good of a rifle the FAL is, ask anybody that was from uh, now formerly Rhodesia. Um, they're pretty fucking rad. I mean, they're pretty fucking rad. I would yeah. take one of those in a heartbeat. Yeah. If you offered me an FAL or a Barrett, I'm taking that fucking FAL every day of the week. I could give two shits about a 50 cal. I don't uh-huh. give a fuck. They're expensive to shoot. Uh-uh. FAL is a lot of goddamn fun. Uh-huh. Um, March 17th, 1993, Lance Corporal Lawrence Dickinson. Uh, this is this is one of those names I fucked up because I was like Dickinson, Dixon, Dickinson, Dixon, son of Dick. Ah, yeah. Dixon, huh? Yeah. Uh, so he's killed in four kill with uh, with a similar round, potentially the same weapon. Hard to tell. They didn't really, you know, ballistics was a thing, but they didn't really give a shit because it's a war zone. Uh-huh. Even though when most of these guys are captured later on, they're not being treated as war criminals. They're just being treated as criminals uh-huh. because I don't know if the British didn't consider this a war or what, uh. but it was to a lot of people. Um, maybe still is to some people. Um I mean, you can't take, teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Guerrilla Wars never ran. They just pause for a little yeah. bit. They, I mean, they put the pause button real quick. Yeah. And... Well, it's, it's been on, it's been officially on pause for a while, but that hasn't, there's still been shit that has happened where it's been tied. It's about like North Korea, South Korea. I mean, I, it's not really over. It's not settled yet. It's no. still a pause. There's a pause. There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a big pause. But We're going to take mean, an intermission. Yeah. We're going to go. We're going to go to the fucking lobby. We're going to get some popcorn. We're going to play Big Game Hunter for a minute. We'll go yeah. back and finish the movie. Um, or Nuclear War, whichever happens first. Um, it depends what they have in the, in the lobby. I mean, Got a pinball machine? We're going to fucking hang out. Yeah. Uh, June 26th of the same year, Private John Randall also killed with a 7.62 in New, uh, Newtown Hamilton. All one goddamn word. Mm. Not Newtown. Not Hamilton. Newtown Hamilton. Ah. There should be, I feel like there should be a hyphen there. They're probably like, you should. know, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. No, yeah. it's fucking Newtown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, July 17th, Lance Corporal Kevin Pullen killed in Cross McGlenn, and this would be the first recorded with a 50. Uh, and, of course, it's a Kevin, because of fuck course. us, right? Um, fucking Kevin. It's probably Kevin with an E, though, not no, an I. No, no, it's K-E-V-I-N. Oh. Yeah. There's apparently an Irish spelling of the same name where it's an F in there instead. Oh, yeah. K-E-F-I-N. Yeah. Huh. Um Guy, a show that I listened to, uh, the Attitude Era podcast, which, as would sound, is about the Attitude Era and WWF. Uh, one of the hosts on there, his name is Kevin, and it's K E F I N. And he's very, very Irish. Oh. So, um, August of 1992, uh, sniper team, a sniper team would kill Private Paul Turner with a 50 caliber at a uh, checkpoint in Cross McGlynn, also. Um, so, before we get too, too far, I want to point out that there's a lot of areas at this point in South Armagh, specifically in Cross McGlen, where all these little signs started popping up that nobody knows who put them up, but they were just there. Um, and the, the fucking Irish, like, as a people, if there's one thing they enjoy doing, it's trolling people, I think. They really enjoy just fucking with each other. So the, these little triangular signs, like triangular street signs, like uh, almost like if you took a yield sign and flipped it upside down, uh-huh. start showing up. They're painted white with a big red 
border on the inside. Um, and there's a silhouette of a man with a balaclava, with a rifle, with a, a fist in the air. And underneath it, it says, Sniper at Work. Okay. <laughs> um, a street artist, nobody knows who it was, did a mural of fucking Muammar Gaddafi looking like some shit out of, like, South Central L.A. where they would have painted him like fucking Tupac just on the side of a building. Um, and, like, above it, there's a little banner. It just says, Welcome to IRA Country. And Muammar Gaddafi's there with his, like, fucking aviators with his arms crossed. And there's, like, rifles and shit painted behind him. Um, one that I, I really, really enjoyed was, uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, Welcome to Cross McGlenn. The silhouette of a dude on a mounted belt-fed machine gun. Um, I really enjoyed the little tip of the cap to the uh, Irish singer-songwriter Bobby McFerrin, who sang Don't Worry, Be Happy, um, with that one. He's from Bermuda. He's he's black. He's not Irish. Don't worry about it. Somebody in his family was, obviously. I mean, McFerrin, that's that's pretty Irish. Um, Well, I mean, well, not really. I, I, I mean, yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> December 2nd, Lance Bombardier, Paul Garrett. Did you say Bombardier or Bombardier? Bombardier. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said Bombardier. Paul Garrett <laughs> was shot and killed with a Barrett uh, in Keedy. Uh-huh. So, I mean, fitting. Probably cousins at some point in time. And the, the clan split. Uh-huh. Became a Garrett, became a Barrett, got killed by a Barrett, whatever. Uh... Circle of life. <laughs> it's the circle. Okay. <laughs> I probably I probably shouldn't have worded it like this, but this is this is pretty rough because this is the one that gets the most attention from people online. Um, as an early New Year's present, Guardsman Daniel Blinko was shot and killed uh, while he was checking a woman's papers across McGlenn. Um, papers? Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm, it's what it was. You got your papers? Nope. Well, pull off to the side. We're going to search your vehicle. Uh. Yeah. So learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> Fucking English. Again, this this is the one that gets the most shit. Because he was only 18 years old, and he was just doing his job, checking a woman's paperwork, you know. Um, A lot of people, mostly British, not judging, just saying, I can tell because of the way they spell shit. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Fucking realize has a Z in it. Dickheads. I... Doesn't have an S. So these are fucking English people. Um, (laughs) So they, they get really pissy about this one. Um... Mostly because they're like, oh, it's kind of a cowardly way to kill somebody. You could have just gone out and fought him, blah, blah, blah. First of all, you guys used artillery on the Zulus. Okay. Second of all, you guys used Maxim guns on the fucking Zulus. They had spears, bows and arrows, shit like that. Uh Uh-huh. And you guys used artillery on them. I don't want to hear anything about a sniper being cowardly. Okay. Um... And they're not going to get out and fight because that's not how sniping works. Um, it's obviously you're trying to stay hidden. You're trying to get it done at a distance. Get out without being seen. Um, I did read a thing a while ago. It was I don't remember who it was. He was a sniper. Um, said that killing someone with a sniper rifle is a very intimate way to kill somebody. Because um, he said... Oh, well, see. It's an odd sensation to watch someone from a distance through a scope. Because you can start to gauge their personality, you can see the conversations that they're having, and you decide when they've taken the last drag of a cigarette or they've taken their last breath before you end their life. That's got to be fucking surreal. 
Like you yeah. can't hear what they're saying, but you you can watch them having a conversation and goofing around and having fun. You're not going to see that if you just fucking bum rush them from behind a trash can, uh-uh. you know, because by then they're like, oh shit. And they're, these dudes are just like, they're out there doing their thing. And you're like, well, sorry, buddy. And Lights out snap London. the switch off. Um, so finally with the, for the sniper attacks, we're going to wrap up with Lance Bombardier, St- uh, Steven uh, Resterick, uh, who was killed February 12th, 1997. Oh, wow. In Bestbrook. Not only is he the last one killed via long range blunt force trauma, he's also the last British soldier to be killed during the troubles because they had the, the, I believe it was the good Friday agreement later in 1997 that is still standing quote unquote, where there's, uh-huh. you know, the British went home. The IRA don't have to fight anymore, even though they're like, there's still fucking Protestants here. So, <laughs> um, so now we can kind of get into some of the other shit that the Brits were doing while they were, you know, in somebody else's country trying to tell them how to live their lives uh-huh. as they do. Um, the IRA ceasefire from ni- from August 31st, 1994, gave an opportunity to the British to collect intelligence to be used against the snipers. The truce was strongly resented by most of the IRA members through South Armagh because they, they wanted to fucking fight. Like, we don't want a truce. We don't want any of this bullshit. We want them gone, and we will get them gone if we have to. Yeah. Um, so during the ceasefire, an alleged member of the uh, the the uh, drum and tree squad, a guy named uh, Kevin Donegan, was arrested by the RUC, which is the Royal Ulster Constabulary, which is basically the Irish version of <sighs> FBI. Not re- No, they were like, they were the big time, like loyalist group to the English. Um, okay. So they're kind of like fucking narcs. They're just like, Oh no, we'll, we'll help you arrest our countrymen because, uh, we're assholes. Okay. Um, so he was arrested in, reta- uh, in relation to the 1994 murder of a postal worker, um, in the course of an armed robbery. So, so basically the brown coats then kind of or brown the, shirts or whatever the black and tan coats <laughs> yeah um so the ceasefire uh so when the ira ended the ceasefire with a bombing on the uh, on the london dock uh, docks jesus christ in february of 1996 uh some had already abandoned the ira and others had turned to criminal activities um a lot of the later shit with the ira was them uh, getting and selling large quantities of drugs to uh-huh. quote keep the fight going, uh-huh. and they were just fucking. They became drug lords. Uh-huh. They weren't. They weren't in it for the fight anymore. They were in it for the money. Okay. Um, because that's what happens when you get money involved with a cause like this. Yeah. Is money becomes more important. Yeah. Money becomes king. Yeah. Versus the cause. I mean, um, they always say, you know they they say it's oh we're not for the money not for the money but really no, it's for the you're, money you're here for the money um, if you weren't here for the money you would have not been selling drugs you would have been yeah, trying to get yeah, rid yeah. of the fucking English in the first place um, the period after the ceasefire saw little IRA activity in South Armagh um, after two attacks in 1997 an SAS unit captured four men from a sniper team based in the west uh, the western region on April 10th. Um, these guys had all been responsible for a handful of, of shootings. Um, after a brief scuffle, kerfuffle, rigmarole, whatever, um, James McArdle, Michael Carraher, uh, Bernard McGinn, and Martin Mines um, were seized at a farm near uh, Freeduff 
and hand it over to the IRA, uh, RUC. Um, this is one of the places where it was kind of interesting because when they were on this little farm, after they arrested these guys, obviously the SAS being the fucking SAS, the best in the world at what they're doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. they start searching shit. We're looking for anything we can find. And they come across this like shit box, like old fucking like Opal hatchback or whatever the fuck it was, where the driver's seat's there, the passenger seat's gone, the back seats are gone, the trunk is so there's no you can go from the driver's seat into the trunk. Uh-huh. Okay. Or you can lay down in the passenger seat and have a rifle out through a little port in the back of the car. So they kind of fucking like DC snipered it before the DC sniper did. Oh, you know, um, this was one of their, one of their mobile oh. platforms that they're like, this is fucking scary. Oh, cause it, the plates were all legal. Everything was like paper wise. Everything was up to date with this car. The car was fucking legal. It could have been parked anywhere. They could have driven this motherfucker into England and started shooting people there if they wanted uh-huh. to. Okay. Um, so they did, they found uh, one of the Barrett nineties here, um, between forensics and all that stuff. Uh, they did link it to most of the, a lot of the 97 shootings. Um, and it's, it's been long speculated there, there may have been an informant in the group because not all of them face the same kind of charges, you know? Uh huh. So it's yeah. a little weird there. Makes sense. Um, McGinn provided the RUC with a lot of information about IRA activities and even betrayed Frank McCabe, the IRA commander behind the sniper campaign. Um, but then after some shit happened after that, he's like, nah, I recant that. You can't use it. It didn't happen. Um, but he was a fucking rat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the key players in the British campaign against the South Armagh snipers was, uh, Welsh guards, captain, I thought it was Robert. It's Rupert Thornlow. Um, and according to uh, this, a lot of this came from this guy, uh, Toby uh, Herndon, who's a journalist. Uh, Thornlow worked as an intelligence liaison between the third infantry brigade and the RUC special branch. Um, he was, uh, he kind of reached the rank of Lieutenant Colonel, but he was, uh, unfortunately he was killed in uh, 2009 by an IED in Afghanistan. So that kind of sucks, you know, but, uh, um, another senior figure involved with the, uh, with the British efforts against the sniper squad was, uh, uh, this name has definitely been used since then. Uh, SAS staff Sergeant Gaz Hunter. Uh, Gaz is one of the names that's been used by a character in like the last, I don't know, fucking five or six Call of Duty games. Yeah. It's apparently a nickname for, I believe, Garrett, but I don't know. It's definitely cooler than Garrett if that's what it is. Um, (laughs) uh, So that's Gaz Hunter, um, who had a lot of experience with the IRA going all the way back to 1975 in the South Armagh area. Um, So the sense of relief among British forces after the arrest was it was there. Um, they did have concerns that there was still two Barretts missing and probably still in the possession of the IRA in South Armagh. Um, one of the, uh, one of the IRA volunteers captured was, uh, uh, Michael Carraher. Um, he was the brother of Fergal Carraher, who was a, uh, Sinn Féin member in the, uh, uh, he was a member of the Sinn Féin half of parliament. 
Um, and they were, uh, that was the party that was very, very pro IRA. Um, they would always like, no, 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 we don't want you guys out there killing people. But if a couple of paratroopers die, not the worst thing, I guess. Oh, damn. Um, so his brother was pretty heavily involved in politics here. Uh, so his brother was, like I said, he was in, uh, into politics and he also had a, another brother who was killed by Mo- uh, Royal Marines at a checkpoint um, in, Dece- uh, in December of 1990. So he kind of, he had a reason to be there. Um, Michael also shot and wounded in the same incident, had lost a lung in the aftermath. Oh. Yeah, so he was in the same attack that killed his brother. And he lost a fucking lung. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the British Marines involved were tried and acquitted by Lord Chief Justice Hutton because of course they were acquitted because it's, they were doing their, you know, whatever. Um, the shooting of guardsman Daniel uh, Blinko in Cross McGlen took place on the second anniversary of the killing of Fergal Carraher, who was his brother. So I wonder who may have been the one that killed that kid checking somebody's paperwork. On the anniversary of the day his brother was killed, that checks out. Hmm. hmm. Weird. Eye for an eye kind of thing. Um, so he was defended during that case by Rosemary Nelson, and he was actually later killed by uh, by the loyalist organization Red Hand Defenders. Um, the other three men of the sniper team were convicted in 1999 for six killings, two of them unrelated to the sniper operations. Um, they, so these were the deaths of um, one of their actual one of, one of their team members, um, and uh, James McArdle had placed a, a bomb on Canary Wharf in 1996, killing one of his one of their sniper team members who I think they were probably convinced was about to flip on him uh-huh. and you can't do that so you're just gonna get ready um, so the capture of the sniper unit was the greatest success for the security forces in South Armagh in more than a decade the men were set free 18 months later under the terms of the Good Friday agreement um, the other sniper team the uh, the drone tree sniper team never caught any of them Never caught a single one of them. So those guys could have still been out there. But um, like I said, the, the Good Friday Agreement has, has held pretty well. There has been a couple of things here and there, but nothing big enough that they can definitively say this was IRA activity. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so that's the uh, the South Armagh Sniper Brigade. Huh. Um, and I think the next time I do any kind of IRA stuff, I really want to get back into the origins of it, like the, you know bloody Sunday and yeah. the 1916 massacre and shit like that, where back when it was like, I really understand why they're doing this because at this point in time, the English had fucking straight up invaded Ireland. Um, and then they chose 1916 to start fighting back because they're already fighting a war in Europe. And, uh, I don't think many Irish dudes died in that one because, uh, they weren't going to go fight for the English. Uh, there was actually a lot of rumors too during World War II that at one point in time Ireland was considering trying to join Germany. They were trying to join the Axis, the the fucking Axis powers, specifically to fuck with the English, huh. which would have been some shit, you know, because they tried to recruit Mexico too to try to attack us here and Germans, keep us busy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Germans tried to recruit the Irish, yeah, to join the Axis during World War II. Yeah. But I think the Irish had enough common sense to go, you know what? Your beer sucks. You know, there's a, there's a, you know, the, the whole, you know, lesser of two evils thing. Yeah. Not always true. Yeah. Because you're a piece of shit. But, uh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, the lesser of two evils was basically the siding with the English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, there were there was some there was some Irish doing some crazy shit during World War II. So, yeah. we'll, well, I will cover one of them at one point in time. Was a fighter pilot who, yeah, he done some shit. He's got a great fucking name too. So, but yeah, that's uh, ah. got that out of my system, I guess. Cool. So, uh, so. Just to inform you, the song that I'm playing at the beginning of this is called One Shot Patty. It's uh, a fucking kick-ass I, like, IRA song. It's Okay. And what really inspired me was listener Jesse Green, whose wife is Irish. Um, and one day, kind of out of the blue a couple weeks ago, see if I can find the message here. Because um, we kind of talked back and forth about a bunch of different shit. Uh, and he sent me a picture. Uh, he said, my wife's cleaning music, and she was currently listening to Go Home British Soldiers. I said, fuck yeah. Um, and he's uh, dusting mops and blowing shit up. <laughs> and I said, could you grab my mop bucket in the balaclava? Yeah. So I was like, I got to do some IRA shit because, uh, you know, and say what you will. Terrorist organization, freedom fighters, whatever. You can't put them into the same category as Al Qaeda or the Taliban because their music fucking sucked. <laughs> the IRA had some great goddamn songs, dude. Oh, my God. So much good music. So anyway, it's all in how you think about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it depends on the activity, you know, because some of it you're like, oh, yeah, you guys went to England and did that. Yeah, I mean, that's not great. No, not a good look. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a point where it's, you know, freedom fighting, but then it's not. It's freedom fighting if you stay home to do it like Al Qaeda. They were freedom fighting no. per se they were just trying to keep a way of their way of living preserved right but which... they were also carrying out terrorist activities in other countries yeah freedom fighting is when you stay in your own backyard to do it true um what, what which what happened with you know their original group the black hand did against the uh the russians yeah you know they're like Fuck you. Go listen to the, uh, our, uh, we didn't, oh my God, what was the guy's name? Uh, Muhammad Shah Masood, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Did an episode on him. Go, go listen to that. That was Patreon, right? No, that was a full, that was, that was mainframe episode. It? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Patreon. No. Okay. Um, wonderful Irish singer songwriter, Seamus Kennedy has a, had an idea about why the IRA was going to England to blow stuff up. Cause he, uh, he was one, one of his, uh, so he always did these like little comedy skit kind of things before his songs. He's like, so, you know, the Irish, they go to England, they blow up the roads. The English hire the Irish, they go back and fix the roads. Then they go and blow up a building and then you get hired to, to, to replace it. And he goes, it's nothing political, it's job security. <laughs> it's like, oh, I fucking love it. That's great. Uh, that great. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's Patreon. Yeah. I had a fucking blast. Nice. I love it because I got to listen to good music. I watched a couple go. of fucking cool documentaries. There you go. Uh, man, the AR-18 was just, it's dog shit. It's so bad, Kevin. Look it up, please. All right. It's so bad. Anyway, have fun. Oh, uh, bye-bye. the hills of South the runs. He wandered to the countryside. He likes to call his home. And when he finds a target, he will quietly take us in. It is then that you will hear the crack and the Brits know who's to blame. The Brits are getting worried, they've all gone underground. If 
one shot plenty sees and they know they're going down. So the next time that you see the Brits where the face is full of fright, watch out for one shot Paddy or his friend called him and right. You're in your home at night and a news flash did his red. Your man from South Armagh's at work, another soldier dead. And when it comes to celebrate St. Patrick's Day cheer, remember one shot Paddy and the gallant IRA. The Brits are getting worried, they've all gone underground. If one shot Paddy sees them, they know they're going down. So the next time that you see the Brits where the face is full of fright, Watch out for one shot, Paddy, or his friend, all in and right. The Brits are getting worried, they've all gone underground. If one shot, Paddy sees them, they know they're going down. So the next time that you see the Brits where the face is full of fright, watch out for one shot, Paddy, or his friend, all in and right. Watch out for one shot, Paddy, or his friend, all in and right.